0: Thank you, Sister Kim, and I want to thank Brother Andy who came and has led us so beautifully in worship this morning with his talents and his voice. Uh, Thank you, Andy, for serving. Um, I have already been blessed, and I want to thank you all for being here this morning. Um, Happy New Year. Is it okay to say Happy New Year before the—it's okay. I think it is okay. Happy New Year. Um, I was reminded recently that uh, it is a Happy New Year because we're here. Um, things didn't go as some people thought they might, right? Uh, I kind of, I forgot the world was supposed to end, (sighs) but no Maya knows the day nor the hour. No man knows the day or the hour, and we are still here, and I am thankful that we are still here, for that is one more day that we can worship the Lord God together, and seeing all of you here, guests and family, um, it is a real blessing, um. As I meditated on on what was supposed to happen in December with the Mayan calendar and all that I I started reminding myself, and I started remembering all of the creation stories that I've heard from all the different people groups in history uh, from the Greeks and The fighting between the Titans and the gods that creates the earth Um, Reminding myself of the Hindus and and how certain gods came together and man was created uh, and then I was even reminded in my own background of learning of the Aztecs who, who, who sacrificed who drew blood thinking that the blood was necessary to keep the universe going so we might have another thousand years so many people have had these, uh, the, these necessities, these, these, these needs to, f- to meditate on how the world was created who created it who sustains it and how do we contact, how do we get in touch with this being? Uh, well, this morning I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to give you an answer. For there is one unique story. There is one unique man who came. Would you please open uh, God's word to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 For those of you using the Pew Bible, this is page 1021. And please follow along as I read the glorious riches of God's Word. Colossians 1, chapter 15, verse 15 through 23. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And free from accusation If you continue in your faith Established and firm And do not move from the hope Held out in the gospel This is the gospel that you heard And that has been proclaimed To every creature Under heaven And of which I Paul have become a servant Would you bow your heads with me and pray Lord we thank you for your word Your word that pierces hearts That separates us takes us down, breaks us down, and builds us back up so that we might glorify you. I pray this morning, Lord, that this word that we have just read together would do just that, pierce our hearts, move us to where we need to be moved, cleanse us where we need to be cleansed. And Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning, I have the blessing of, of what I think is actually continuing with Pastor Samuel's recent trilogy of sermons on who Christ is. As a reminder, uh, Samuel, Pastor Samuel preached the Son of Man, Christ is the Son of Man, Christ is the King of Israel, and Christ is the Son of God. And this morning, we get to continue to explore the attributes and characteristics of Christ. We get to do what I can't imagine is, 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 is anything but... Glorious to begin the new year to create in ourselves a space in our hearts to put in who christ is who who's is this? God we worship And in this passage in this beautiful hymn Written to the colossians at a time of again some strife and turbulence in that little church That was meeting in somebody's home Paul brings this beautiful hymn a hymn that had already probably been written and had been prayed And gives it to them as an offering to remind them of who Christ is So this morning I want to remind all of us who Christ is Christ is the creator He is the creator Of everything of all things Christ is the sustainer of all things And lastly Christ is the reconciler of all things So this morning Let us focus on Christ as creator, sustainer, and reconciler. What's important for us to be reminded in this passage especially is that these attributes and characteristics, these powers and glory are laid out for us by Paul beginning in verses 13 and 14. Paul has just informed in these verses that those of us who believe in Christ have been transferred into the kingdom of the Son, Let us read verse 13 here. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So Paul has just laid out, we are now in the kingdom of the Son. But then the question is, who is this Son? Who is this King? Why has God done this? Who is this ruler of the kingdom of light? So now Paul offers data he offers his explanation he offers the truth of who god is who is this son and that is that christ this morning is revealed to us as creator sustainer and reconciler of all things so let us go through these wonderful passages together let us comb through these truths and see how they move our souls first christ as creator we see that jesus is first and foremost responsible for the creation of everything, all things. Did you catch all things in this passage? There is no doubt who Christ is, the creator. Only God, Jesus, existed before creation with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in perfect unity and love, the Trinity. In verse 15 we read, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. What do we learn from this verse? What do we learn from these truths? I want to give you three points. First of all, Christ as creator was meant to be seen just as his creation was meant to be seen is the image of the invisible God to see Christ is to see God and know him God is the invisible God the invisible has become flesh so that all might most easily see his unending love His most tender mercies <clears throat> and the fullness and power of his grace The love mercy and grace of the one true living God are on display in Jesus Christ So as Christ Was creator is creator of all things. He is meant to be seen Right, and I challenge you. Do you see him? Is he there with you every day? Because he has come to be seen. He has come to make known the father Secondly christ is the firstborn over all creation This means that even though christ was never created He is heir to his father's kingdom this idea of firstborn in the language of Of the ancient world was not about you were born first it was about you have the status of a firstborn you have the power and authority and rule I often joke with my um, my oldest son I ask him sometimes you know once in a while have you did you sell your birthright yet you know have you given away your heir because he's the firstborn and then I remind him that we don't work that way anymore and everybody gets an equal share and then you know he gets all depressed about that Um, But he does understand that in the in the ancient world being firstborn was a big deal Okay, and Christ is the firstborn over all creation. He has all the status He has all the rights. He has all the authority that come with this position Through Jesus all things were created the visible and invisible aspects of the universe down to the visible and invisible parts of our own minds our own bodies our own souls We see all around us the visible aspects of his creative energy. Just just walk outside you see what God has created What Christ has created through himself? And everything we see is his He has full rights to all of it and he has full rights to all of us But lest we forget Christ is the creator of all beings and creatures in the heavenly realms as well. This is to say that there is no other creator. There is no other intermediary between God and creation than Christ himself. We do not need to seek the wisdom, guidance, or favor of any creature in the visible or in the heavenly realms. And many of us go astray seeking the guidance and wisdom of people here on earth. And there are many people who seek the guidance and wisdom of heavenly beings and creatures. We do not do that. We are not called to do that because there is one authority over all things, Christ Jesus. Only the sun is the image of the invisible God. Only the sun has the authority over all creation. Christ is in attendance in every moment of every movement of every person's life. And every creature's world The falling of every leaf Is known by him as creator So is the murmur of every heart And the thought of every mind Listen to how another beloved disciple Of Christ states it In the beginning was the word And the word was with God And the word was God He was with God in the beginning Through him all things were made And without him nothing was made That has been made In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And later in the Gospel of John, we read in chapter uh, 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen Thirdly Christ as creator A point to remember Is that all of creation was created By Christ for Christ All of creation was created by Christ For Christ Verse 16 For in him all things were created Things in heaven and on earth Visible and invisible Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities All things have been created through him And for him him if christ is truly the creator of all things everything everywhere and is present at the movement of every atom and molecule of his creation do you realize friend that he is present wherever you are how can we forget this in the dark corners of our souls in the darkness of our own rooms i often forget i need to be reminded that he is there As creator of all, and as his creation is for him, he is there. He created you. He created your life. He is the life. Christ Jesus is the light of your life. His light shines over you in power, authority, rule, and reign. And you, dear friend, were created for him. And here's the question that I hate to ask. Am I living my life? The life he created for him. Are you living the life he created in you for him? Do you believe in him? Do you trust in his power over creation and authority? Over all things. Point all of your worship toward him. All relationships, give them to him. Every thought, every deed, every word, pass it before your creator. Do this Christ is not also creator But another important truth is that he, he is the sustainer of everything He is the sustainer not only has christ created all things He is active in sustaining all things keeping all of creation every fiber every molecule and every subatomic particle in its proper place And they are all under his control Listen to Paul as he continues to express the truths of who Christ is in verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things are in their place. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. All things in this life are held together by his will. All things. He has not separated himself As Many people used to believe many of our founding forefathers were what are called deists, and they thought God created the world and stepped back And now it is our job with our human intellect and our human power to figure out God's creation No, dear friend Jesus created everything everything was created in him for him through him and he holds it all together Constantly He is also the head of the church. Now, here's a special creation, his body. The text here seems to indicate that not only is is Christ holding all of the universe together, but there is a special relationship between him and his beloved bride, between him and all those who believe in him. We are called the body of Christ, and he is the head. He is directly Attached to his body, and he is directly sustaining his body in a very special and unique way. He is holding the church together through his power as head. Now, husbands and fathers, I, I need your attention because I'm a husband and father, so we're going to pick on ourselves right now. Remember that the relationship between Christ and his people is patterned or is given to us as a marriage between the groom, Christ, and his bride, the church. And he is holding the church together, his beautiful bride. Husbands and fathers, you are married, you have children, guess whose job it is to hold that family together. It is your job. God has called you as the head of your family, just as Christ is the head of the church, to die for your family, to sacrifice for your family, to lead your family in the Holy Spirit, be it your wife, your children, or anyone else in the sphere of your influence, as a man, and as a father, and a husband in your household. There is no mistaking that this is a teaching of the Bible. And to continue, not only is Christ holding all things together. He is holding in a special way His church together through the power of His Holy Spirit. He is also holding all things together in the afterlife as well. And we've been reading Revelations, and if you take nothing away from Revelations, you should, you should take away that Christ is controlling and in power of everything, the heavenly realms and the earthly realms. Listen to how the Old Testament in Job chapter 34 Verses 10 through 15 explains this truth So listen to me you men of understanding Far be it from god to do evil for the almighty to do wrong He repays everyone for what they have done. He brings on them what their conduct deserves It is unthinkable that god would do wrong that the almighty would pervert justice Who appointed him over the earth who appointed him in charge of the whole world? If it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all humanity would perish together and mankind would return to the dust. So even in the Old Testament, the, the Hebrews, the Jews understood that God is holding all things together and it is through his spirit and breath that we were created and it is through his spirit and breath that we are sustained and if God should so choose to remove it, we would all turn to dust. We would all perish How do we deal with this truth christ as sustainer do we? Do we live our lives in grateful praise and thanksgiving for the constant sustaining and life-giving power? Jesus is constantly expressing in himself Do we appreciate that? Do we fear it In the holiness of this god I think we should I think we should meditate on it. I think we should pray daily that God will remind us that he is sustaining me right now. Okay? When we read in God's word that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it is not that you have strength and then God gives you extra strength. I don't think that's it at all. I think it's all his strength. And you are just reminding yourself that you can do all things in his will and in his strength, but it is all him. It is not you. We pray often that we would decrease So that he would increase we pray often that we would be empty vessels filled with his spirit Somebody asked me one time. What does it mean to be a Christian? That means I said it means for me to get out of the way so Christ can do what he came to do right I don't want Sam to exist. I don't even want to use the word I ever I Have no rights. I have no status. I have no power. I'm a servant of the most high God Can I please get out of the way? There's the challenge. But none of us can get out of the way until we realize this third point, this final point, and the most important. Christ as creator, Christ as sustainer, and let me tell you, those two are never separated. They're never separated. Christ is always created, and He is always sustaining, and this third point is just as vital, if not for our souls, the most important. He is reconciling all things to himself. He has become the ultimate bridge, the ultimate connection between a life where he is always immediately present and one where he is eternally absent and we live our lives in eternity without him. He has reconciled the world, you and me, from the distance we put between our lives and his creation between our lives and his sustaining power, between our lives and his authority, between our lives and his rule. Verse 19 we read, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated, from God, And were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior But now he has reconciled you by christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel Even as jesus is present in all creation we have ignored him even as christ jesus is sustaining the entirety of his creation every moment of every second, we reject him. Verse 19 and verse 20, we read that God was pleased to put his fullness in Christ. He was sending Christ in all his fullness to reconcile, to bring back all the people to him who have ignored him, who have rejected him, and who have rebelled against his rule and authority. How? How did he do this? By Jesus' blood on the cross. The peace Christ has bought is best thought of here as a pacification, an eliminated penalty. The peace that has been made is not between ourselves and God. That is not the peace being described here. The peace that has been made is between ourselves and God's judgment. God's righteous judgment, and let me tell you a just and righteous judgment of God. The verdict is guilty And that verdict of guilty comes with a penalty a sentence with no peace in sight unspeakable anguish eternal torment and everlasting pain But but where's the good news? The good news is that God the Father has brought humanity back through the blood of Christ No more penalty of a guilty judgment and the terrifying sentence. Jesus' begotten body was broken for you and for me. He sustained the guilty punishment of all those whom would believe in his body and spirit. And why? So you would become a new creation. So you would become a new creation. And this new creation is sustained by his Holy Spirit. Resulting in a holy life in you God never stops creating Christ never stops sustaining If you sustain your faith created by this new birth in you you are daily being reconciled by repenting and praising him You are hoping in the gospel of this good news. You will never be alienated again You will never be separated from God again and I know you will Some authors of this text or some interpreters of this text actually add the phrase in if you continue in your faith and I know you will for we know That when we give our lives to Christ, we will never be separated when we have faith in him We will never be snatched out of his hand In this life you will understand and witness his sustaining power and you will live for him in this life You can experience his reconciliation in your life as His Holy Spirit works in you, cleansing you, purifying you, making you holy and blameless in your words, thoughts, and deeds. What a beautiful picture, right? Many of us get married and we wear white on our, married, on our, on our wedding day, okay? Well, the men usually don't, right? Because we don't even pretend to be pure, right? So, but you are going to be made white, your 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 groom is making you white So that in that glorious final day you will shine with the radiance Of holiness and his glory Listen to god's precious words summarizing this in the letter to the hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and through 4 In the past god spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful words. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Don't tell me that the Bible doesn't say the same thing over and over and over again from beginning to end. It is a testimony, God's word testimony to the word become flesh, to Christ. What good news that in the next life, if you believe in him, if you give your life to him, you will experience Christ Jesus in his perfect role as creator, sustainer, and reconciler. Forever and in perfect clarity and understanding, not tainted by the rebellion of this world. We read Revelation 22 today, but I would like to read to you from Revelation 21, where at the end times, Christ summarizes all that He is in His glory. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. There will be his people they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their gods. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Dear friend, if you do not believe, if you continue to ignore, reject, and rebel, From the authority of Christ, from his creation, from his sustaining power, and from the reconciliation he freely offers you, you will be consigned to the second death. And from the second death, there is no reconciliation. There is no new creation. There is no continued sustaining power in love and mercy. No, the unending love of God and the full display of his mercy are here now. Now in the birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection of God the Father's Son, Jesus Christ. He is Jesus, the Son of Man, the King of Israel, the Son of God. Do you believe? Will you believe? Will you commit your dead life to be created anew? Will you experience the sustaining love of God? A sustaining love that is wide and long and deep and high and without end. I pray what Paul prayed for all of us in and through the gospel of Christ. In Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, chapter 3, verse 14, we read, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you, listen, dear brother and sister, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Will you, like Christ, be filled with the measure of God? Will you? I pray you will today. Let us pray.